It was pretty quickly after I launched my website way back in like 2000. 18 my I wasn't my first website but it was the first one that I'd actually paid someone to really design for me previously I had just kind of done it myself and gotten help here and there but never had someone design from scratch and it was pretty quickly after we launched it that a ton of people came in and said I can't believe that she designed your website I can't believe you got oh my gosh it's so great all of these things and I didn't realize it I just thought I'd found like a really really great creative partner And what I realized later after working with lots of designers over the years uh, on lots of different kinds of projects is that Jamie Varon has her finger on the pulse of something that a lot of people don't. And watching her over the last few years go from being this creative partner uh, to me and lots of other people like Ash Amberger, who's been on the podcast before, to being one of the Internet's favorite writers has been really, really not surprising and also really fun to watch. We did the uh, website at MikeAnino.com years ago together, not the current version, but the previous version, which won a ton of awards, was listed in a bunch of like best speaker websites. And actually, the podcast art that you're looking at here on the Mic Drop Moment, when you go and you download the show or you find the show or you leave a review for the show, hint, hint, uh, that was designed by Jamie. So it's kind of meta to have her on today. And we're talking about her brand new book that's in the stores April 12th. Uh, it's been named one of the most anticipated books of 2022 by Pop Sugar. It's called Radically Content, Being Satisfied in an Endlessly Dissatisfied World. And when I say that she's one of the internet's favorite writers, I'm not being a hyperbolist. She has like 150,000 followers or something on Instagram. And people like uh, Whitney Goodman from Toxic Posi- uh, of the author of Toxic Positivity, Amanda Crew from Silicon Valley, these are the people that are, that are saying positive things about this book. Uh, Lucy Hale, an actress from Pretty Little Liars, Kristen Koch, uh, an editor from Seventeen Magazine. I mean, This is really, truly one of the most anticipated books of 2022, and I got my hands on it early. I got to give it a read um, to do this interview, and it's been called a revolutionary memoir, and it really is. It's it's part self-help, part memoir, part like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what we need after after however long we've been in this pandemic world. Um, And this is my interview with Jamie Varon. The book is called Radically Content, Being Satisfied in an Endlessly Dissatisfied World. Comes out on April 12th, so you can pre-order it everywhere that you can pre-order stuff, wherever you get your stuff from. Go get it there. Um, You can also check it out at the website radicallycontent.com, radicallycontent.com. And you can join uh, Jamie and the 148,000 people who follow her over at uh, Jamie Varon on Instagram. So let's dive in. This was a really fun episode. So you have a story to tell and you wonder how to own the stage and give that killer speech that will captivate the masses. You don't just want to speak to them. You want to transform your audience. Welcome to the Mic Drop Moment. Bold conversations about public speaking, storytelling, and business that give you real-world valuable takeaways so you can craft a speech, a story, a business, and a life that the world can't stop talking about. It's time to find your Mic Drop Moment. Here is your host, Mike Ganino. Speaking of places on the internet that are not dark, it's you, Jamie Varon. You are not a dark place on the internet. You bring so much light to so many people with your with your writing. When I told people that I was interviewing you, my mom included, by the way, who's like the biggest fan, she was like, you, like you're going to talk to her? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to talk to her. She's like, how did you find her? And I was like, well, I know her. I was like, remember she did my website? She's like, oh, 
Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. So you have so much cred with my friends and also with my mom, by the I way. I can't even tell you how much joy that brings me. <laughs> that's it's, that's too much. Like I don't even know who I am. That's that's like that's yeah, I'm I'm speechless with that. That's hilarious to me. <laughs> when did that when did the writing really take off? When did that start to say, wait a second, this is there's something I think going it on was here. Was April 2021. I had honestly in 2020 into 2021. I was like, I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm doing here on Instagram, and I don't know what I'm doing with my writing. I had like done a bunch of nonfiction books, like book proposals, and they were all getting rejected. I, I was like, I guess nobody wants to hear from me. Like I, that was my thinking. I was like, I, I guess people don't want my voice and they don't want my ideas, which like is fine, I guess. I mean, obviously I was devastated, but I was still just, I kind of <laughs> gave up a little bit not gave up in the like declaration sense, but I just said, I think I'm going to take a step back. And Then April, 2021, I write this post and it starts with, how about you don't have to build an empire? And I have to, I wrote it in my notes app and I had to redesign my whole like post format because it didn't fit. And I just felt this feel, I was like, you know what? This post is long. It's not shareable. It's all the things you're not supposed to do. You know, like the type is small. It's not a slideshow. Nobody's going to want (laughs) to share this, but I don't care. I'm just going to write what I want to write. And it was like the mark of a new era for me. That was April 2021. Mm -hmm. And of course, what happened? That post goes majorly viral. (laughs) I was like, oh, funny universe. Funny what you did there. I see what you did there. And it just... Everything took off from there where I felt like people all of a sudden were just like, where have you been? And I'm like, I have been here for <laughs> literally like a decade of trying to get my voice out there <laughs> in so many different ways. And it was all the same stuff. Like I repost things from like 2019, 2018 in a new format and people are like, wow, this is so mind blowing. And so I've been saying the same I really haven't changed my message too much, and which you know because we've known each other for a long time. And it's just all of a sudden, I feel like it clicked in, or you know, things evolved to the place where people said, uh, "You know what? I'm not looking for productivity tips anymore, like motivation anymore. I want to be heard. I want to be seen. I can't really." To be honest, I can't really explain it in any way that makes any sense to me because it felt like it was, I think it's what people talk about where it was, it wasn't overnight success, but it was like, it felt like it in a way. Cause I was like, who <laughs> am I? I don't, I've been doing this for so long. I had never expected any of this. I really didn't. I just, I've just been riding the wave a little bit. But did you have a moment when it did happen where you're like, yeah, send me, send me a car. Send me, send me the stretcher. I'm ready to go. Wherever, wherever famous writers on the internet get invited, send a car for me. I'm ready to go. Definitely. I'm ready for the glow up. Definitely. I was, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure. saying I never expected this to happen because I'm so humble. It was just more like, it just, it wasn't happening. So I was like, I guess I'm going to stop yeah. expecting this. And then once it did, I was like, okay, finally. 
Like now you guys see me, you know, it was like, now I'm getting the recognition and I, you know, had stopped wanting it in a, in a lot of ways. So yeah, I was kind of like, all right, send me, send me where I'm meant to go and I'll go. (laughs) Send me where I'm at. Do you remember, was there, was there something like, it's so weird too, looking back at these things and being like, what was I feeling the day that I wrote that one? You know, when you went in, so you had to go in, you had to change the entire layout because it had more words. It changed what you normally wrote. Was there a reason that you said, no, this one is worth breaking the script for? Do you remember that? Yeah, Can you remember I do, before, I do, before the fame? I said to myself, um, I had heard, I don't remember, I don't remember who exactly said it. But, um, oh, it was like, you know, those, there's these memes that were going around about people who have names that Westerners have a hard time pronouncing. And they say, like, don't change your name, let them choke, you know? And I loved that idea of let them choke. And so I wrote this post and it was so long. And I had recently broken up with a person from my team, um, who was my only team, my agent, I'm making it sound like I have this team. I don't, it was like this, my agent, I had broken up with her. I'd let her go. And she had been kind of pretty into the make it shareable, make it short and sweet, make it kind of pithy and all of this. And so in my mind, when I was like coming up with this new era, I looked at the length of the post and it was so long. And I just had this thought where I was like, let them choke. Like, I'm not going to dumb it down. I'm not going to make it more readable. I'm not going to make it more shareable. I don't care anymore. I'm going to say what I want to fucking say, (laughs) you know? And it really was like, it actually, when it was kind of going off, I had this feeling too, where I was like, I'm not surprised because I had, I had like kind of, um, re like rediscovered some part of myself and had taken, you know, instead of following what they say to do, I was the one now I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And I don't care how long it is. I don't care if I have the big words and the reading comprehension isn't with the blah, 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 like all the crap that was in my head. And I was like, I'm just going to let them choke. And if they like it, they like it. If not, I'm over it. Like I'm done. I don't care about likes. I don't care about followers. And I really, truly felt that. I felt that I didn't care about the likes and the followers and then blows up. (laughs) I was like, that (laughs) is hilarious. But also kind of how it goes, you know? And it's that whole, I mean, in, in, so in your, uh, in your new book in your upcoming book, which I got a chance to, uh, to, to read through, and I can't wait for everyone else to read it, uh, radically content being satisfied in an endlessly dissatisfied world. The two big parts of the book, how it's broken up is to unlearn and to learn. And it seems in a way that that process of saying, let him choke was a little bit of you saying, mm-hmm. I'm unlearning this. I'm going to give myself a chance to unlearn that what's the right way to say this and just say the thing I need to say. Exactly. It was me unlearning what do they want from me versus what do I want from me? And cause Mm. I, that just gave me chills. Cause like I wanted to show up a certain way on Instagram. I was, I'm not a, I, I don't consider myself a content creator and I don't begrudge anyone who is, I just, that's not my thing. Um, and I was like, I am only using Instagram as the vehicle 
for my words. This was just a way to get it out there. Mm -hmm. And yet I was still doing the, what do people want from me? What do I think they're responding to most? So how can I utilize that? And like, what's, what, what's getting the most likes. And I just, it's, it, it caused me to totally burn out. So yeah, I said to myself, like, I'm unlearning this whole process of what I've been taught with social media or, and just Mm -hmm. in general with any part of my life where it's, do what you think is like working for the people versus like, what do I want to say? What's my voice? What's my message? And how do I get that out there the way that I would want to consume it, the way that I want to say it so that I'm not compromising myself? Mm. And for the, and so, so if you go back to the years before that April, 2021 post, which is, I remember now my mom shared it, oh, mom. that post. And I saw it and I thought, oh, that's cool. She must have started following Jamie. So if you're listening, Jamie did uh, my award-winning website, by the way. We won several like best public speaker websites several times. Uh, just really, really nailed it and helped me go to a whole nother level um, it, with with the work that she did on brand design. And I don't, it was really more like a doula, a, a midwife of my soul on that page, on that webpage. And so I thought my mom had just found you through that, that she was like, oh yeah, I, I, I don't know why she would be hunting down who made Mike's beautiful website. So I thought like, oh, she just follows Jamie because she follows Jamie. And I said, oh, like, that that's Jamie. She's, you know, that's so funny. Follow her. She's like, oh my gosh, do you know, do you follow her too? Do you know her? And I was like, yeah, I know her. I could... I could email her right now if I wanted. And, uh, and it was, it was, it was that post that I remember my mom sharing. And then I remember logging into Twitter and seeing someone that isn't, you know, it wasn't someone that we were connected with. It was some other person that there wasn't a a middle between us of like, Oh, we both know this person or that person. It was some other random person had shared it. And so I remember that moment too, of saying like, Oh, and then I saw the, virality of it, virality, virality, the vi- virus, <laughs> viraliness, viralness. I saw how it was going. And so for all of those years before, when you first started writing and, and sharing your ideas in that way, when you were taking it from being, you know, just here's, here's Jamie's pictures at the farmer's market to, and by the way, a lot of your pictures of the farmer's market were gorgeous. Cause it was like, I'm in, <laughs> Paris and my life is lovely in France. Um, you had the yep. good chocolate. What was it? How did the writing originally start when you first started sharing it? Did it start in the same way of let them choke? Here's what I want to say. Or did it start with, oh, maybe people will like these pretty words? I mean, it started with, <clears throat> I was putting out my, I was putting out my writing as early as like live journal. And then it was Zanga. <laughs> and then it was MySpace. I used to blog on MySpace. That's how much I wanted to get my words out was like to my top eight friends. You know, I'm like, here's my yes. <laughs> and then it went from MySpace to I upgraded to a blog. And then I started, I did multiple WordPress blogs and then I got super burnt out. And then I wrote for a website called Thought Catalog for a year as a staff writer where I took like some sabbatical from my life for a year. And then I was writing on Medium. And then I started a newsletter. And then I started sharing <clears throat> on Instagram as just like a natural progression of that. 
And I was also doing my newsletter. But it, I mean, I don't remember there ever being a specific, like, I'm going to do this mm-hmm. and not this. Like, I mean, even before Instagram, I was sharing on my Facebook page. Um, I was sharing like longer captions. And I've just always found a way to get my words out there. But I think it's only in pretty recent years where I was really spending time making that consistent and really giving it a lot of more space in my life as opposed to it was like this side project, this side hobby. Um, and I think a lot of this started to happen when I like sort of put that line in the sand of like, I'm doing this for real. I'm making this into something, even mm-hmm. though there was a lot of twists and turns, like even in 2020, when I didn't think I was going to write a nonfiction book, I wrote fiction. So I was <laughs> like, you know, any way that I can mm-hmm. do it, any way that I can get my message or my voice out there, um, I think I see it now. At the time, I didn't really get what I was doing, but now I see I'm like, I've just been trying to communicate with people and get how I feel about the world and my feelings out of me so that we can like connect through that. And I think it was really sort of for many years, like I didn't have a lot of conviction and I had a lot of self-doubt. I mean, to the point where like I would post something and then immediately be like, should I delete it? Oh my God, I'm freaking out. And (laughs) now I think I have like true conviction in it and that I'm like, not in the sense of, this is really helping people because that can get in my head. But even though I know it does help people, I'm not saying it doesn't, but just not in my head about it. But it's more like, I think my voice matters. I think what I have to say is worthy. It helps me to speak in this way, to write in this way. And so I, I put my work out there as like honoring myself And so that has changed. That has made a big difference in how I think people respond to me because I don't put things out with the energy of like, oh, please like it. Like I used to. It's more like (laughs) whoever needs this will get it. And people say that all the time to me. They say, I don't know how you do it, but your posts come to me at the exact time. And I'm like, I know how I do it because that's my intention (laughs) is that my posts will get to the people that they that need it the most at the exact time that they need it. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think about the algorithm. I don't think about all those little when to post, when not to post. I just say, let this get to the people who this is going to resonate with. And sometimes that's 10,000 likes. Sometimes it's 1,700. And I just say, I'm going to love that. Whoever it gets to, it gets to and let it be. Yeah, those 1,700 people were the 1,700 who yeah. needed it and I'm like, that day. great. Not everything has to have mad broad, broad, uh, mass broad appeal, right. except my book. Right. When, <laughs> except the book. The book has broad appeal. So let's talk about the book for a minute because I have to say I started reading it and I immediately thought, you know, because uh, – you have something that that a friend produces and, and someone that you've been connected to and you're like, oh, I'm going to love it. I'm going to love every moment from the first words. And I read this bit in the opening and I thought, wait, what? What is this? So you said at the beginning of the book that being radically content, the name of the book is radically, uh, radically content, being, dis- or being satisfied in an endlessly dissatisfied world. And at the beginning of the book, it says, being radically content starts with emotionally opting out of the world. 
And I read that and I thought, what is this book about? Like, I had to take a minute to really think about what that meant. Now, I continued reading and I understood where you met with it. But I have to say it was really one of those moments where a lot of times I'll read one of my friend's work and I say, oh, yes, I'm just going to read it and be like, I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree, not have to think. That made me think. And maybe you are a, a thinker's writer in that way. But that really made me think. Did you, writing a line like that, writing an idea like that, did you think, do, do you think that people will read it and say, wait, that is so the opposite of what we're mm-hmm. kind of told to do, to not emotionally opt out mm-hmm. of the world? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I um, I challenged myself to write a book that would challenge people's thinking because how many times mm-hmm. have we read a book that someone tells us, this is going to change your life? And then you're like, huh? Did it? it right. <laughs> I just agree yeah, with like everything, but thanks. Validating in some ways. Um, and I wanted to write something that would be sort of unexpected. Um, a lot of the things that I think that I don't always verbalize or, I mean, I put it out on 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 my social media a lot more, but I didn't used to. Um, I now felt that I had the conviction and knowledge to be able to say something like that. And I also feel like I have the lived experience of knowing what it feels like to be very invested in what the world thinks of me and very invested in how I should be. And then how, and then the opposite experience of being very invested in myself over the perceptions of the world and how much happier and at Mm. peace and how much more confident I am. I mean, I don't second guess myself anymore because I'm not comparing to some ideal that's been conditioned into me. Um, And I do think, yeah, something that was very important as we were devising the cover and the book and everything was it, I wanted it to be kind of like surprising you know, you think you're like, oh, radically content. Okay, it's got flowers on it. Cool. And then you get in, you're like, she's talking about capitalism and like societal stuff. And she's not going to blame me for not loving myself enough. She's not going to shame me. I'm not going to feel like, wow, I'm doing everything wrong. And I need to like get my motivation up and I need to do this and have this list of things to do. And I'm like, no, I'm going to explain some things to you that I think maybe you don't recognize. It took me a long time to mm-hmm. recognize. Um, and I hope that's a good thing that it made you think. Yeah. Oh, no, it totally was. I mean, because I, but I did read it and I thought, oh, okay. Maybe I haven't been reading Jamie's posts thoroughly enough here. Uh, and, and what is she talking about? But then when I read it, I thought, oh, and then when I looked back, I went back because I saw that and I went back to the beginning and I said, I, I learned this thing when I was a sommelier. I think I learned it as an actor of like, you know, reading through a script and really understanding it and going back and then trying to understand it. Same thing happened with a sommelier. Look at the wine list in its totality and then try to say, okay, what is this about? What is this person's perspective, the person who built the wine list. So I read that bit. I read the introduction and I read a little bit more. And then I went back to the table of contents and I said, okay, wait, knowing what I just read, let me look at this table of contents and think about what this journey is. And it really makes sense of like, you know, you were talking a lot about the system right here. You just mentioned, oh, she's talking about capitalism. She's talking about big things. In here, you talked about how this system is designed against us. So when I went back and I looked at the table of contents and it said, 
to unlearn and to learn, I thought, oh, okay, this is not a poolside. I mean, it is. If you're, by the way, if you're going to go to the pool and you want a great book to read, pick up Jamie's book. But if you want a deep thinking book that you could go out to the woods with, this is also yeah. that book. Yeah, it is. I mean, I thought, you know, you, anytime you write a book, you have a couple choices. You can either go the <laughs> obvious route and spoon feed it, or you can try to get to the absolute edge of your capability and write and write mm-hmm. from a place of almost you don't know. You don't know how people are going to take it in. I mean, I I definitely think this will challenge how people view their own lives even as it relates to like yeah. hustle culture and capitalism and productivity and I think you know what I always wanted with this book too was um you know my posts are they're little they're just little snippets but this is an actual you know people keep asking me they're like is radically content just a collection of your posts and i'm like it so is not you know like it's really not it's a full <laughs> fully formed narrative book you know like it's it follows a story it follows an idea through and it really walks us through a lot of the things that plague us on a pretty you know everyday basis, at least plagued me. And so, you know, I Mm -hmm. I also don't know. That's why I really made sure that the introduction isn't as much into my story, but the rest of the book, especially the unlearned part, which is part one, it really focuses on my story because I think that we respond, as you talk about all the time, to stories more than here's how to Mm -hmm. think, here's what to do. It gets so rote and boring after a while, and we don't connect to it. So it was always very important for me to mm-hmm. write a story and to go really vulnerable so that people could connect to it and I could break down these concepts in ways that made sense from like a real world perspective. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you talked about there, the edge of your capability, you know, uh, to work from the edge of your capability. So someone who's looking at this and they think, oh, I, I see her writing online. I see the, you know, 150,000 people who are following, liking, reading, absorbing. And then she wrote this book. Where in this book or where in the writing process for this? Because maybe someone is listening is writing a big talk. Maybe they're writing a book themselves or have wanted to write a book. Where did you find that you were on the edge of your capability with this? Well, I think that I had uh, um, gotten used to maybe writing things a little bit more bite-sized, I would say. (laughs) Like even (laughs) my posts, for me, that's bite-sized. Even though they're really long, I'm like, I have to hold myself back. You know, I'm like, I'm a pretty long-winded person, you know? Uh, Someone told me that read the book, she was like, I cannot believe how long you could talk about a specific topic and keep my attention. And I was like, I know, I can. Yeah. anyway, so I, I guess the edge of my capability was saying to myself, here's this topic that I talk about in much more bite-sized form, how am I going to expand that so that people's understanding of it can be expanded when they read it? So if they, I, I like if they like my posts on Instagram, radically content is a much deeper dive into all those ideas. So if you're already you know vibing with those ideas, radically content is like put your feet up and get in, you know, and like really dive in. And that pushed (laughs) me, you know, because 
it's a it's 200 pages which is 50,000 words writers non-writers don't know how that's a lot of words you know i mean it's a lot it's and a lot when of words. you're got specific topics that you want to talk about and they need to be a certain word length but i had been really used to like for example you know articles online newsletters they're about like a thousand words each but a chapter can't really be a thousand words. Like it has to be four to 5,000 words if you're going to really go into depth. So I think that was where it pushed me. It pushed me to think about the concepts even deeper. And it pushed me to um, really come up with ways to tell my story in a way that was like, I, I pushed, I mean, I recently read the audiobook. Um, you know, I had to, I was narrating the audiobook, and there were a lot of parts where it was super uncomfortable for me to read. And I was like, why did I go so honest? <laughs> you know, I, was like, I said that to the director and the sound engineer and they were both guys. So it was a little bit like, I don't know, there's just something different when it's uh, a woman listening. But, um, I was just like, okay, I'm going to go back. And, you know, in the audiobook, they're like, the director, he's like, I want you to put yourself back there. Like, put yourself back to the time when you were bullied. And I'm like, I don't want to. Yeah. But, you know, like, that's what I wrote about. I really got into it. And I think that was what pushed me because, you know, it's so different to write a really, like, vulnerable newsletter or something. And then it's like a thousand words and someone reads it and puts it away it's another where it's like, this is a book. It lives on. You can't right. control. Right. I mean, someone can just pick it up in the bookstore and read my soul's pain in it, you know? So that really pushed me to right. go like, how much do I want to go? How deep do I want to go with this? Well, then I, I mean, the chapter, part of the... Chapter that I was reading that talked about the bullying, the shame motivates me chapter too. Like, I just can't imagine reading that, admitting that to someone and sitting in a room and being like, oh, let me relive this for them. So, which is also rare to get to read your own book. No, not a lot of people. I had do to that. audition. They don't tell you. That. You had yeah. to audition for your <laughs> yeah, own they book. They don't tell you that. I mean, it was a pretty <laughs> minor audition, but yeah, I had to read like a couple pages to a, you know, a voice memo and send it off and. Yeah, I had to. They said I did a good job, though. So I was really. Yeah, well, I obviously, hired. you got hired. I mean, I did. <laughs> you got the job. You got the job. But it's interesting to think, too. I mean, like even to think of the the book, you know, as an as a Kindle book out there and people highlighting sections together. You know, on Kindle, you can see like 87 mm percent -hmm. of readers highlight this section. It's so are you interested in ever seeing that or you're like, nope, it's yours. Do what you want with the book once it's out. I for the people can't even tell you how excited I am to see what passages like this. I just had an interview earlier where the woman told me like, <laughs> I have your whole book like highlighted and it looks like it's been through the, you know, through the ringer. And I, I, I didn't say this, but I wanted to be like, send it to me. Like, I want to see it. I want to see everything that was highlighted. I want to mm -hmm. see not to like feed an ego. I just want to be like, I'm, I want the experience of people reading this book. Like to me, that's the most exciting part of it coming out is I'm like, people <laughs> are going to read it and they're going to like feel things. And, you know, cause I'm, I love books so much. So I know that feeling when 
it like a book just makes you feel so understood. And I'm not saying everyone's going to feel that way. Of course, I have to leave space for like, some people are not going to like it. And I don't want to know about that. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I'll hear, I'll definitely want to see like on Kindle, what are the most popular highlights for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, it's such an interesting thing when you're, when you're sharing, I don't know, like to be so honest, to be so the word vulnerable comes to mind, but you know, what is vulnerable, um, to share the things that you've shared in here. I mean, you talk about things you've shared with your therapist. You've talked about, uh, you know, meeting your husband, that relationship. You talk about weight. You talk about being bullied. It's really an interesting thing to say, hey, world, project upon me with my own thoughts. Let me give you all of these things. Um, it's it's a brave act. Yeah. It's a brave act. I, if I think about it too much, I'll probably – but you know what? <laughs> then again – I mean, I have to say that there's a lot of brave writers that have come before me that when I read about their real, real, and you know, real thoughts that really I can tell it's, you know, something that they've had to battle their shame in order to even talk about that kind of stuff. Even if I don't mm-hmm. have that ex- same exact experience, it has caused me to feel more connected. And I mean, as a kid, especially like talk about when I was having all, all my feelings, all the bullying things that were going on, books were the things that saved me. Like I loved books because I was like, finally, someone understands what it is to like feel and think deeply. You know, that's like, that's why I love books. They're, they've, you have all these pages to kind of like sink in to your emotions and and you don't have to be worry about being too much or too sensitive. I mean, th- that was like my insecurity for so long was like, I have too many feelings. I'm too sensitive. And then you write radically content. <laughs> I mean, it healed me because I was like, I gave that mm. space to exist. And I think that it's going to resonate with people who have that same feeling of, I am too deep or like I think too much or I have too many emotions or, you know, I can't just, you know, be happy in the world like everybody else seems to be like that felt really important for me to give a space to not just myself, but to other people who feel that way. Hey, it's Mike, just taking a quick little break here from this interview with Jamie Varen to tell you about something. This episode is sponsored by the Mic Drop Method which is me. I'm sponsoring my own podcast because why not? The Mic Drop Method is a six-month group immersion. It's kind of group. It's kind of one-on-one. It's the best of both worlds. You and I work together to help you create the signature speech that you were born to give. And then we make sure you've got all the things you need in order to do it. All of the performance, stage presence, everything that it takes to really change the world with your story. That's what the Mic Drop Method is all about. It also includes a ton of help around the business side of speaking or the business side of using speaking to grow the rest of your business. If you're a coach or an author moving books, it has all of it in there. It has everything I've learned as both a public speaker who's made over a million dollars speaking to 
coaching people who are out there at the top levels of the public speaking industry, as well as coaching tons of coaches who have been able to grow their coaching business and create all new kinds of income and impact with their voice. That's what the Mic Drop Method is all about. Uh, you can apply to work with me directly over at mikeadino.com slash apply. Uh, you'll fill it out and then you'll get invited to a private training where I'll dive into a whole bunch of things that I've learned along the way about public speaking, about performance, and how to bring the story that you were born to tell to the stage and screen. So I hope I'll see you there. MikeGanino.com slash apply. You wrote in the book, um, there's a chapter on self-love, and you wrote that uh, self-love is is a putting back together an alignment, a discard of the expectations other people gave us that we no longer wanted to carry. And this part right here resonates a lot with what you're saying to me. And a reunion with the parts of us we deserted that we do not want to carry now, that we want to rehabilitate now, that we want to love new. And it seems like in the process of writing a book, it allowed you some of that space too It for really yourself. did. I mean, it is a... I don't think writers give themselves enough credit that, or artists in general, anytime you do your art, it's like a self-belief in action. Even though you have self-doubt, you still have to have that nerve, you know, you still have to believe in yourself at least a little bit in order to do the art. Mm -hmm. And I think like, this was me getting up the nerve to say what I really have been Mm -hmm. wanting to say for a long time. And I just got, I I feel extremely lucky that my publishing team, I mean, they approached me and they just, they gave me full range and they were like, give us an outline, but please, please do not be (laughs) constricted by the outline, like write your genius. And I was like, that is exactly what I needed to hear. Yeah. Here it comes. It was was great to have that because not a lot, not every publisher does that. I mean, they want you to, a lot of publishers want you to keep, keep to the outline and, you know, don't really go off the, go off the prairie at all. Was there in that process of having that freedom, is there like a whole, is this like a Taylor Swift thing where there's like a whole nother album out there somewhere that's in the, in the pile that didn't make it in the book? Like there are a bunch of uh, are there a bunch of uh, Jamie's versions <laughs> waiting for us in the future? I mean, there's definitely some versions of a of writing that got rejected that I'm like probably need to be resurrected. You know, um, yeah. I I definitely felt that there was a solid amount that I was like, I'm not truly understanding why this is not happening for me. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I feel like I have just so much. I've already learned so much more since I wrote Radically Content. And I'm like, I can't wait to write my next book <laughs> of like whatever it's going to be of this this time in my life of what's happening mm-hmm. now, you know? It's, it's, and it's fun to think of like that process of how, I was talking with someone I was interviewed this week on a podcast and I was saying how, our experience in the world is kind of like, you know, a wall, a, a wall in a room. And as we go through things, we put on different wallpapers and they're a version of us because they're connected to our wall, but they're never completely us. And the wall is never completely us because each of the wallpaper is also us. And it's always this like 
kaleidoscope in a way of where, where the wall and where the experiences were both things. So it's interesting to think of like how writing a book like this, where you were so honest and you did share so much and how you said part of it was a journey for you, how now afterwards you're a different person than the person who wrote it. Yeah, already. I have to really just uh, get comfortable with that. Because even <laughs> like so, when I was reading the audiobook, I was like, oh, I would have something to add to that. Like, can I, can I add something? <laughs> like I, I now have a new under, I, I have a deeper understanding of this. Can I, can I get something in here? Um, which is honestly just kind of the way that writing a book is humbling in that sense. Cause you're just going to continue to evolve and it's almost kind of good if to look back on your past work and be like, wow, I've really like evolved since then, which is kind of a strange thing to then have to think about when you have a book coming out. And I mean, I fully believe in what I wrote, <laughs> I'm not saying that, but I, I do feel like I've already learned so much more about, you know, I think being content while also having like the biggest year of my life, you know, and all mm -hmm. these like external accomplishments showing up, all this external recognition that I stopped caring about or wanting or thinking was ever going to happen and how I've managed to, you know, keep myself in a place of contentment for that. Um, and that's, but that has mm -hmm. been a journey too. It's been, it's challenged my contentment because it's like, these are all the things that I thought were going to fix my life and change everything. And they're exciting, but they don't do, they don't do the thing that you think they're going to do. I guess How like so? you, they don't like they don't make it so you never have doubt again or like you never have anxiety again. Mm. Just the same, you know, it's just like, but you in <laughs> your mind when you have those things, like when you're in a moment where you're having anxiety, it's so easy to look to the future and go, well, I wouldn't have that if I had achieved X, Y, and Z. And then I've had this like very interesting experience where I've achieved X, Y, and Z. And then anxiety still comes up. Like, I mean, I'm just still a human being and, uh, you know, and now yeah. I'm a human being with a blue check mark next to my name. You know, it's like not all of a sudden right. I'm just, I'm perfect and I've never had a hard day and, you know, I've never experienced rejection ever again or uncertainty or I think that was my thing. I always wanted like certainty, you know, if I achieve something, mm -hmm. then it's going to give me certainty that it's all going to work out and everything. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. Like there's always uncertainty. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's been a very interesting part of this journey. And like, I, I told my friend like a, a couple months ago when I was having a very big, like externally splashy type of week. And I was like, it turns out I was right. <laughs> <laughs> like, it doesn't do the thing that you want it to do. And that's okay. You know? And I was like, that's yeah. kind of comforting. Like I was right that these things, they add to your life and you can celebrate them. And I do, of course I celebrate them, but it's not like, you know, it's been really interesting because people that I know and uh, like, or, or people, you know, they, they treat you a little differently when you have this kind and you're like, mm -hmm. but I'm not different, but they're treating me. It's like almost like mm -hmm. the world 
perceives you differently, but you don't perceive yourself that differently. Um, so I think that's been in a very interesting part of this where I'm like, I'm still me, you know, but it's just now <laughs> I have these things going on that I thought were going to, I don't know, maybe take me out of the human experience of emotions and disappointment and grief and all the things that it doesn't do. Mm-hmm. It's like that same thing we look at, you know, like celebrities and, and they're still them having these, these epic experiences, but they're still dealing with all the, the stuff that was there before. You know, I read somebody today posted about, um, about Britney Spears getting a lot of uh, feedback in the comments. Cause she's like rolling around, uh, in a, on a beach or something. And, and, uh, she was just covering herself with her hands, but didn't have any clothes on And People were saying, Oh my gosh, like stop doing this kind of thing. And this, this, um, Kogi, I don't know if you follow, mm -hmm. follow this person was saying, she was saying, this is what happens when you've been locked up for so long, you're expressing yourself and you're finding freedom again. And all of those things that you wanted, all of the things that, you know, in her twenties, when she wasn't, Brittany wasn't allowed to do anything, that's all still there somewhere waiting to come out. And so now it's coming out and there's just, you know, half of the world is following you when you're, when you're Britney Spears, but you still have those same desires. Exactly. And it's so easy to think you won't. You, you wrote a little bit about that in, um, in the book, there's a chapter called the beauty of experimentation. And it starts off talking about this myth that we have that a lot of us, uh, that we believe that if we could just trade places with someone who was already successful in the way we wanted, that we'd be happy in their place. That if we, if we could just swap it out and it's like, you don't think about like, what was that person's backstory? Because where did they, 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 they have some stuff in that. Well, success yeah. Cause too. I feel like a lot of our struggle and pain, especially from what I see on social media quite a bit is that, you know, we compare. And so we feel that we're falling behind or we're not doing enough or we're not enough because we're comparing. But then it's like, well, what are we comparing to? What are we projecting onto them? Mm -hmm. Like projecting onto celebrities. I mean, I've hung out with a good amount of celebrities. They're just, I mean, it's so cliche to say, but like, they're just like us <laughs> and they just have their emotions and how they act are just under a microscope. And it's, it's actually yeah. like, I find that if you get fame and you're not like really in the right place for it emotionally, it can actually really like magnify a lot of the things that you were thinking fame was going to take away or like, you know, you thought that fame right. would take away self-doubt because now you have all these admirers. No, it's now magnified under that, you know, and we get it kind of <laughs> backwards. And um, it's been interesting as I go through what I'm going through where I'm like, okay, yeah, I was, I, I was right about that. Like, and you know, it's, and it's kind of, um, and I don't mean that in any kind of way of like stroking my own ego or anything. It's just for myself. I'm like, yeah, see, so now, you know, when you start projecting into the future, that something that you haven't gotten yet is the thing, you know, like it's, it'll be exciting. It'll be fun, but it's not going to take away, take you out of the human experience of just like what it is to be alive and aware and awake right now. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that even in this world where like, you know, you're talking about certainty and 
I think we've all like if anyone said like at the beginning of of 2020 like hey what if like everything was <laughs> shut down uh it would be like what are you even talking about and it's an interesting way to say like wow how are we all still processing that because there's no way to I mean, things that were really certain, like you're going to go to school on Tuesday and Disneyland is going to be open. Like, nope, nope, not happening. Not that, that the things that seemed so certain weren't. And so this idea of like, I don't know, releasing the need to control a little bit is, is I think frightening. And I think we're still kind of in that process. I think it's extremely frightening as a, as a self-prescribed control freak over here. Um, It is very (laughs) frightening, but I think given the state of the world and the state of our own lives, it's the only logical thing to do. It it, it makes no Mm -hmm. sense. Not even, I mean, it didn't make sense before 2020, you know, but we, we gave ourselves the illusion of it, but now it really doesn't make sense of like, I can't even know what's going to be true in the summer. You know, I mean, I can't like Mm -hmm. we can make our plans. We can make our little plans and do our little things (laughs) and pretend and then we don't know. And that's okay, because we just have to be flexible. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, there's certain things now Mm -hmm. that we say that's just like common, you know, things like I'm talking to the grocery store checker and she's like talking about, yeah, the supply chain. I don't know. There's no broccoli. And I'm like, this is weird that this is now normal. You know, I mean, it's, it's broccoli. Like I yeah. never thought I'd be excited to see garlic available in the store, but like, this is where we're at, yeah. you know? And I, I definitely, I don't think there's any possible way that I've recovered or processed the past two mm-hmm. years on any level. Cause we're still in it. <laughs> it's, yeah. Somebody, somebody I was interviewed recently and they're like, Oh, like, you know, post pandemic. Uh-huh. And I was like, when is that? Like, we're like <laughs> mid, we're not, I don't even know if we're mid plus. So I don't know where we are. It's, is your, is your, are the physical books, they come out in about a month. Are they physically already here no. somewhere in the US? Do you know? No. Are they in a warehouse? Okay. I'm no. not going to say, oh, I want to know. I'm knocking on so much wood because I just read one of my favorite cookbook authors, the boat with the books on them. No. Over. Like the cargo ship and the books got pushed back because so there's a whole string of them, uh, uh, several, several cookbook authors in this. It fell off of the I didn't know things could fall off the container ship, fell off the container ship. And so one of the things that is so secure in the publishing world is your date. Once your date is your date and it's locked in, it's usually like that is your date. And so I was talking to to this woman who, who whose book is now pushed back six months because the books are in the bottom of the ocean. And I thought, wow, talk about uncertainty. Talk about having to just be improvisational. I'm thankful for all those years of improv training now because it really is, it really is. There's there's no no certainty. certainty. I mean, not even that, of course. I've talked to my publisher and they've said, we got the advanced copies like sooner than they hoped. So they were like, fingers crossed, you know, like I hope. And I, I mean, I'm just, it's April 12th until they tell me otherwise. And then here we, you know, I just, I really have kind of, I think just taken my hands off the wheel a little bit, not just with my book, but with everything. Cause I'm, we just, 
I've tried to make the plans and then I get so disappointed that the plan, and I'm like, but then I (laughs) ask myself, I'm like, where did I get this idea for this plan? You know, like it it didn't come from any, Mm -hmm. you know, knowledge and, you know, it's just my brain was like, I want certainty. So let me come up with this plan that will then stress you out if it doesn't go the way that you expect it to. And I'm like, so just, I guess, don't make any plans. Don't make the big plan. Like I have a vision. I have a grand vision, but I don't have it attached to any details quite yet because just never know. And I never know when something is meant to fall apart and I was not meant to go in that direction. Um, there's a few things that I thought were supposed to come to fruition. And then I find out later that it was much better that it didn't. And I, so I'm just like, I have Mm -hmm. to trust that that's what's going to happen. I mean, it's a lot easier said than done, but especially when your books aren't (laughs) at the bottom of the ocean. (laughs) Oh my gosh. They're not going to be, uh, is radically content. One of those things that, that, it was surprising that it was like, this isn't what I thought was going to happen. The way that it book. came to fruition. <sighs> oh yeah. Because yeah. I left my agent and a month later, uh, like, no, I left my agent and within a week I was, um, this publisher came into my messages and like came into my email and asked me if I wanted <laughs> to do a book. And I was like, what? And I thought it was a scam. And then we got on the phone and it was real. This was a real publisher. (laughs) I was like, hmm. And then um, it turned out to be the best experience for me because I, you know, I've had my own business for so long. It's really hard to give up creative control. And they were very much like, we're author first. We want to do everything we can to support you. Um, And they're like a, they're a major publisher, but they're not like Harper Collins in that sense. But it actually turned out to be exactly what I needed because they put so many resources behind me. They were so accommodating and I've been able to have a lot of creative control. Like they're not doing any, I've heard from friends that have published in the past where they don't get a lot of say and I just didn't want Mm -hmm. that. Um, So I think it turned out completely the way that it was meant to, even though it wasn't at all how I expected. And so I'm just like, that's just how I'm going to do it because I want to be surprised and maybe it'll, and I just always hold the intention that like, if something doesn't work out, something better is coming along. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is that? So when you think about, when you think about, uh, the next chapter and what could be. And I know, you know, we've just said, Hey, there's no certainty and, and kind of be open to what happens. But for you, when you think about where this goes and, and obviously putting this footprint in the world with a book like this, that, that does make such a statement that people are going to read like me and say, excuse me, opt out of the world, emotionally opt out of the world. And then they read deeper and they say, Oh, I get it. I get it. What is it that you hope happens next year for this movement, for you, for, my mom who's reading the book probably. (laughs) Um, I hope that it opens minds and I hope that for me, it allows me to write more books and continue to get my message out there. And I just want to be like sharing what I know when I know it. And I don't want to be a guru. I don't want to be like the next 
uh, let me tell you how to live type of person, but I'm really open to the way that things unfold. And like, honestly, I can't even, I have a vision of how I want it to feel. Like I want to be excited to wake up. I want to be, you know, busy with things that are interesting to me, but I don't even have like something specific in my mind because I have no idea what this book is going to do in the world. It could, it could just do nothing or it could do amazing things I couldn't even imagine. It's the weirdest, it's a very weird feeling because you're just like, it's, you can't, publishing is so, is so unpredictable that even people who have like massive followings that you think like they're going to, that's, that's it. They, it doesn't. And so you just don't know what it's going to do. Um, and I just hope that it opens hearts and that people really start thinking in a different way and seeing themselves in a different way. Um, because I think we need that kind of healing in this world um, where we're not so harsh with ourselves. Like, that's what I really want. I want people to like close that book and be like, okay, I'm okay. I got some things that maybe I want to build, some things I want to tweak, some things here and there. But like, as a human, I'm okay, you know? And I'm doing good, actually. I'm good. Uh, and I don't need to, I'm not like falling behind or um, not where I want to be. I can just start from here. And I think if that's what it does, then, you know, amazing. And also I just want to write more books. I want to write more books. That's what I really want to do. Just like, let me write all the books and then I'll be good. I mean, I'm already good, but then I'll be, that'll make me really happy. And that's my conversation with Jamie Varon, the author of the brand new book, Radically Content, Being Satisfied in an Endlessly Dissatisfied World. And I think for so many of us uh, creators, people who are authors, writers, speakers, storytellers out there, there's so much great advice, uh, hopefully in this episode, but also in this great book from Jamie Varon. You can check it out at radicallycontent.com. And you can follow Jamie over on Instagram at Jamie Varon. And I will see you on the next episode of The Mic Drop Moment. This episode has ended, but your journey doesn't have to. Head on over to MikeDanino.com. Access all the resources and links that Mike and his guests shared today. And keep on crafting your own story. That's MikeDanino.com. Your audience is waiting. Isn't it time to find your hashtag mic drop moment? 